Walk out the door, you see someone that you know, and they ask you how you are, and you just have to say that you're fine. Yeah. Okay. fine but you just can't get into it because they would never understand hello you're listening to you okay hun a weekly advice podcast i'm your host henry the aids body double dave and i am mona lisa psychic bird lady from home alone and we're going to combine our years of experience listening to people complain and our complete lack of qualifications to solve a mixture of your problems and funny problems other people had that we found on the internet. I will read the problems and my spiritual mentor, Mona Lisa, will do the emotional labour, provide the realness and guide us to a workable solution, or at least that's how it is supposed to work. Yeah. We're back! Yay! Yay! Sorry, we've uh, not... If anyone was expecting a podcast over the last couple of weeks, uh, I apologise. Yeah, I know, it's been frustrating. Dave was in London and then... There's an issue if you share a living space with the people that you do podcasts with. What happens when if one of you gets ill, you both get ill, and then you lose your voices and become like horrible, snotty, fluidy monsters. Yeah, I mean, I, I got some sort of disgusting London germ. I mean, heads up, there, there may be a cough during the podcast. Still. I could cough. I feel like I'm already... I mean, as soon as I turn the mic on, I'm like, yeah, I'm actually you're suppressing a cough right you've now. You've got some sort of black lung situation going on. I do. I think I might be dying. So uh, <laughs> we've been away for two weeks. We're back. And then this will probably be the last podcast because I'm dying of consumption, apparently. Yeah. But I'm going to try super what hard. What an iconic cough. disease. Who even gets consumption anymore? I know, right? I feel like I've, I've got the vapours. I've missed it. The consumption? Yeah, just I, I've just got a real... A real thing for that time period. I just want. To, I just really want to go that way, you know, to like cough into a hanky and see that little bit of blood and be like, and then hide it from everyone and then be like, oh, she got the consumption. Yeah, but you know, it's actually TB relatively easy to cure. Is it antibiotics? Not if uh, you're anything like me and you refuse to go near a doctor. Mm. Don't trust them. Yeah, I've got a doctor already. His name is WebMD. <laughs> Google stuff, everything's cancer. Exactly. What you do is you get your symptoms and you get them on WebMD to tell you what you've got. It's usually cancer. And then what you do is you treat the cancer by typing in holistic cures for cancer. And it's normally just like drinks of tea tree oil or something. Is that know? like that time you cured your toothache with... Oil uh, yep, oil pulling, traditional remedy. Yeah. Yep, fixed it right up. <laughs> I've been telling people for years, if you've got a toothache, you get yourself some coconut oil, a little spoonful or thereabouts, and you lay back... And you just pull it between your teeth for about 10, 20 minutes. And I swear to God, every time it works. It's so disgusting though, oil pulling. I mean, it is really gross because you put like a lump of oil in your mouth. And obviously that's quite like a a teaspoon is quite a small amount. But what comes out is like a goblet of spit. Like you accumulate a whole lot of spit. I never get a toothache. Well, lucky for you. Yeah, that's good. Uh, So, Mona Lisa, what have you been up to in the two weeks that we have not recorded a podcast? Just, you know, writing articles, working on my zine slash book, 
And, you know, being horrifyingly ill and... What's the name of your zine slash book? You've referenced that a couple of times in the podcast. And I keep telling you, you got to, you know, Well, I hustle. don't you talk hustle. about it because when I say zine, people expect, like, they're like, why is it not done yet? Because a zine is actually quite quickly to produce. But when I say zine, I'm just putting it out as that so because I like it to be an accessible object for people. Because if you say book, it's kind of like... It refers to that kind of like high culture and it's, you know, and I don't like that. I like accessibility to all. So it's called 1431. Good name. Thanks. And yeah, the issue one will be about witches and witchcraft. So I'm like destroying myself being surrounded by endless amounts of witchcraft research. I mean, our house is literally a fire hazard because it's stacked up to the ceilings with notes. And I mean, that it was like that before. Witchcraft. Yeah, that is true, yeah. Yeah, our house no, is just full of that. It was a fire hazard before because I like to put the cooker on and just not turn it off when I'm done. That is true. People say, why are you so anxious, Lisa? And I say, because Dave likes to leave the cooker on. <laughs> Amongst other things. I like to leave a lot of things on. <laughs> yeah, be doing that, writing some articles, and yeah, being horribly sick. I can't think what I did when I was sick, though. I think I just slept for, like, three days. That's usually the best thing to do when you're sick, but normally when you're sick, you're, like, buzzing about like a fucking hummingbird. Yeah, I hate being sick. I know who who likes being sick, but I am, like, not great at not doing anything. It was very difficult. I was very frustrated. As always. And frustrating for me to be around. That is right. Can we just... the, The real tea with this situation is... I hate being sick because I don't like doing nothing. But you were literally the moaniest bitch that has ever I lived. was very unwell <laughs> and I did not feel good and my illness was worse than everyone else's and I was not getting the re- desired sympathy. <laughs> yeah, I'm not great at the old sympathy. No, you're not uh, very sympathetic at all. Unless, <laughs> unless, of course, you're getting a problem written into your podcast, in which case you're very sympathetic. I'm only sympathetic when it's You're not sympathetic to me. You hate me. No. You hate me, basically. I'm only sympathetic when it's, when it's, the sympathy is due. Yeah. Whereas you are just a moany little bitch. I don't get sick very often. You actually don't. I'm not used to it. I've I've got the constitution of a horse. I weigh about the same as a horse as well, (laughs) which I think is why. (laughs) The horses just not get sick. Yeah, I guess not. I never seen. I feel like you're animal. A, I've never seen a horse with like a fucking thermometer coming out of its mouth and like a blanket wrapped around it. So well, you don't put a th- you don't put a thermometer in an animal's mouth. Why not? <laughs> you put it in his butt. I don't know why I brought that up, but that's true. If you take your cat to the vet. They they put it up its butt. Have they tried putting it in the mouth. No, they don't. Goodbye. No, have they tried? <laughs> Well, how do you say to an animal, hey, don't bite this fucking thing with mercury in it going into your mouth? Uh, excuse me, you fucking <laughs> tell the cat everything about your day. So you're like, excuse me, get out of the way. I, mean, I can't believe you're not paying that's attention not, to that's me. That's not what I say to the cat. What I say to the cat says, why don't you love me? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Why don't you love, love me? <laughs> so that sounds like an interesting little fortnight for you. I went to London because I'm cool. Uh, I've got a bit of an attitude now of being in the big city. Uh not here for any of your bullshit anymore. Actually, I just found that London is, like, perennially uncool. What do you mean? You're acting like this is your first visit. Yeah, but I haven't been for a while, and, like, you know, I, would, I went to, a, I went to like, this trendy eatery 
that everyone's like, oh, it's so trendy, oh, it's amazing. And <laughs> then I went there and, like, they were playing the Claxons. Ah, right. And, Gold. like, Amy McDonald. Ugh. And I was like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> and I just realised that everywhere I went in London, like, the soundtrack was, like, what you'd expect to be playing in, like, Top Shop in 2008. And I no, was like, but oh, that, that's, the fr- that's the fraudulent world of coolness, though, isn't it? Yeah. It actually doesn't exist. No. Like, and, and you can trick all those people as well by... Just like it's 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 completely false. Yeah, there is no actual cool people. The only cool thing about my experience with London was when I went to the secret K-pop shop, <laughs> which I feel like is an anecdote worth telling. <laughs> yeah, do it. So, as you may have gathered uh, from the first episode of the pop podcast, where Lisa said that she was a K-pop enthusiast, that is true. And I was in London and I thought, oh, I'm going to get Lisa a little present. Even though she's incredibly mean to me all the time, <laughs> I think she deserves a present. So I googled, like, hey, fuck it, where can I get like, some K-pop paraphernalia in London? So this is place. And I was like, okay, cool. It's like a cafe slash shop. I'll go there. That'll be fine. Now, I've got a, not. I wouldn't say, like, social anxiety issues. You don't at all. It's no, just... but I do get a bit nervous in new situations, right? Yeah. And I got there and it was quite dark and I found my way there and I was like, ooh, it's very small, it's very busy, I don't see a shop in there, everyone's kind of Korean, uh, I'm like, you know, a fucking six foot three fat old man with like long busted ass hair and like I had my big fucking fake vitamins jacket on and my cool fake peace minus one hat with a long tail on the back because like when I'm in the house I can put those clothes on and be like yeah I look cool as shit I'd like a picture of me if I saw it on Instagram but then when you take that into like the, the public realm suddenly you feel like the gaze of the world on you and you oh yo this isn't a good look for me at all like I am way too old to look like this I'm way too white to look like this I'm definitely too fat to look like this and I suddenly became very aware of myself, but I decided, I fuck it, I'm here, I've come all the way to London, right? I'm in Scotland, that's where I am now, by the way, if you couldn't tell from the accent. So I thought, fuck it, I'm going to fire in. So I popped into the shop, uh, as soon as I got in the door, regretted it immediately, very hot. Uh, everyone there was uh, very attractive and small and Korean, <laughs> and it was so busy, and I couldn't see a shop. There was, I was like, where the fuck's the shop? So, like, the, the the rational thing to do here would be cut your losses, walk out. But I didn't want to do that. So what I did was, I went up to the counter really confidently, or fake confidence in this case, and said, hello, I'm here for the shop. And the lady said to me, you have to have an appointment. Have you got an appointment? And I was like, no, 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 no. Not the restaurant, the shop. Again, assuming that she thought I was there for the restaurant. So then I was like, hey... Uh, no, no, sorry. It's actually the shop that I'm here. You got a shop? And she was like, yes, you have to have an appointment for the shop. You have to message us on Facebook. Which, what the fuck is that, by the way? If, the secret, if people the secret. Can hear, I hope that people can't hear me laughing this much because I literally sound like that fucking dog from the Wacky Races. But I don't, this story just gives me life. So it turns out you need an appointment for the shop. I was like, okay, that's weird, whatever. And she was like, I'm going to make an exception for you since you've travelled very far and you look very uncomfortable uh, as you are a sort of large horse-like man uh, in this situation, which is very clearly out of your kind of realms of comfort. So she said she'd make an exception, put my name in a book, and she was like, I'll get, I'll, I'll take you downstairs. I was like, okay, cool, it's downstairs, no bother. Went over to a little uh, stairwell, very cramped, very, very narrow. Uh, two girls waiting to be seated there. I was standing uncomfortably close to them, not because I'm a sex pest, 
but because literally with the curve of the wall and the size of my body, I had no choice but to be close to them. <laughs> they they seemed disgusted, and, and they were right to be disgusted. I am I am hideous. Anyway. I was just looking at this waitress that said she'd take me downstairs and she just seemed to be like ignoring me and I was like, maybe I've misheard her or whatever. So anyway, I hear the shout from down the stairs like, hello. And I was like, what, what, is that for me? I'm just going to ignore that. That can't be for me. Hello. And then a little head popped out and it's the chef and she's gone downstairs through the back. So she leads me down this tiny narrow staircase through a storeroom. And I'm not being racist. Like I was like, oh, maybe I'm going to get my organs sold here. Not that Korean people sell organs. Like that's not a racial stereotype that anyone's got of Korean people. <laughs> but when you're getting led through like a little stockroom of a restaurant uh, in, in, in an unknown place, it you know, alarm bells go off in your head. Anyway, got to a little room. Turns out there is a secret K-pop paraphernalia shop there. Um, where uh, you can, can buy... You call it merchandise rather than No, I like paraphernalia better. Okay. Okay, merchandise, whatever. Contraband. I'm going to call it K-pop <laughs> contraband. Because if it was allowed to be there, why wouldn't it be in a secret shop? Why K-pop. wouldn't it just be in a regular shop? You're right, they're going to get raided. <laughs> yeah, so it popped. Uh, got some K-pop merchandise. Um, it was a little bit awkward. I had to go upstairs <laughs> to pay for it. But then I was like, yeah, I'd like another thing. And they were like, okay, I'll go and get it for you. And I'd tell them what it was. And saying it out loud was actually very uncomfortable for me because it was like an admission that, like, I am a grown-ass man <laughs> trying to buy, like, you know, merchandise for, like, teenage boy bands. Um, in any case, they went back downstairs, didn't know what it was, had to shout me back down, went back down there, picked it out. Uh, and then I just ran. Uh, I paid, but I ran. Ran very, very fast out of there and never looked back. So that was my experience in London. I like, obviously, you you told me the story, yep. but even just hearing it again, I don't know why it kills me. It just literally kills me. I think, I think you just really enjoy my discomfort. Shall we get on with the problems? Yeah. So we actually have, drum roll please, I'm going to do a drum roll because our microphone's really shitty and it would sound weird. It's actually not really shitty, it's a really good microphone. Yeah, but I'm, I'm going to do a drum roll. Okay, do a drum roll. Let's no, see how it sounds. I'm just saying that you don't like don't throw disparaging remarks at the microphone because your don't try drum embarrass, roll ability is off the part. embarrass me in the phone. <laughs> you know, fuck you, fuck you, here we go. We'll see how that sounds. It wasn't worth it. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, we have an actual problem from an actual human being. Which I would really love if people would send them in. Like, please send them in. Like, literally any problem, anything mm-hmm. at all. Please send in real problems. You okay, hun, podcast at gmail.com or curiouscat.me slash you okay, hun. That's how we got our problem. It was Curious Cat, so it's completely anonymous. And obviously, all the links will be uh, on. Links in the show description. Yeah. That's what I call it, the show description. So was that like the industry term? Yeah, that's the, the, that's the podcast insider term. That, right. Yeah, so our second, we're going to do an exciting celebrity writing. Another celebrity is written in, can you believe <laughs> it? And then we'll move on to an actual problem, and then we'll top it off with our final problem, which I found online that is some real fucked up shit. Okay. So, on with the first problem. Hi, Dave and Lisa. You're just going to Lisa me, just casually. It, he wrote the letter. Right, not even giving me a full title. Well, you think he's quite an informal guy, to be honest, Lisa. He's quite formal. Mona, Lisa, please. Hi, Dave and Mona, Lisa. Miss. <laughs> okay. Hi, Dave and Miss Mona, Lisa. It has been very difficult for me to write this letter, but my house of cards is tumbling down around me and I don't know where else to turn. I've been living a lie. My entire life, I've hidden my own truth from the world. 
The closest I've been to revealing my secret is sleazing on and molesting young actors and film set technicians, in the hope that they'll respect my considerable status and let me do whatever I want to them. Yes, I am a 58 year old man, and I have only now come out as gay. I thought that living as we do in such a progressive time that my announcement would be welcomed, but I'm afraid to say homophobia is still rampant in Hollywood and I've been savagely set upon by the media after my revelation. I've even lost my job. I would expect this kind of behaviour from the usual suspects, but I can't believe that even the liberal establishment have turned against me. The story should be about my bravery, but all they can talk about is how I, like other men around me, leveraged my power, wealth, status and influence to sexually assault many young boys. I've lived in the closet for nearly six decades. Who can blame me for making a pass or two at a young, handsome, American beauty or two? <laughs> my friends and family have disowned me, my career is in ruins, and my reputation is shattered. Some have even claimed that my coming out was a cynical attempt to deflect from allegations of abuse. Preposterous. If I've said it once, I've said it seven times. This is about me. Surely my contributions to the cultural milieu should count for something here. I am sorry if these boys misunderstood my playful advances, but I don't even remember doing it. Why can't we forget about these bandwagon jumping gold diggers and focus on how brave I am? Yours hopefully, Kevin. Well, Kevin. I have noticed the theme that everyone that writes into us from like Hollywood is a piece of shit. Who knew, right, when starting this podcast, that like we kind of joked about celebrities and we were going to do different celebrities or like people from history and everything. But I feel like every week these celebrities are just being handed to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the thing. We were like, oh, we could do like celebrity writings, but I mean. It'd be cool to do kind of stuff that was happening, like, you know, now. was very well, current. and I never but, thought... you know, I nothing, thought, nothing exciting will happen in the world. Yeah, but it's literally, like, every week a new... A new bombshell. Scumbag bombshell is revelation. Mm-hmm. Well. So who do you think Kevin could be? Mm, I no, I didn't know he letter. was in Seven. Yeah, he's the, he's the... I don't remember that film. He's the man. He's the... What's in, he's the, He put the, the head in the box. Ah, is that... You know what? I don't remember that film. Really? All I remember is Brad Pitt's in it and there's a head in the box. It is not as good as people make out. Which is weird because normally I remember stuff like that, but for some reason I just like. Yeah, you love serial killers as well. Not like, not like yeah. you don't love serial killers like hey, everyone should be a serial killer. But... I think everyone should be a serial killer. But yeah, no, I don't remember it. Both. I think that I must have got some sort of bee in my bonnet about it and just yeah. been like, this is. You know, like, it's like my Game of Thrones thing. Yeah. Don't, let's not, please not get started on that. No one ever asks Lisa about what she thinks about Game of Thrones. Here's a hint. It's not positive. <laughs> Lisa does not like Game of Thrones. Let's move on from that because like, we only have... We try to keep this like an hour and 15 minutes. I do not have four hours for her to be yelling about Game of Thrones and normies and why no one should watch it. Anyway, yep. this seems to be a letter from oh, this is just, a Hollywood chat. Oh, and oh. what on earth... Right? Can we just oh, talk about who this is? Yeah, okay. It's, 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 it's very clearly from Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Thanks for the letter, Kevin, you dick. Um, but what he did, because the thing is, like, since we since we prepared this podcast and got really sick, obviously a lot more stuff's happened. Like, 
um, Louis C.K. Yeah, but a lot of that sort of feeds into stuff we've already talked about yeah, a exactly. lot. Exactly. So like when we were writing this men letter, just being creepy pieces sorry, of shit. When we received this letter that wasn't written by us, but uh, was written by Kevin. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> um, you know what we wanted to focus on at that time was more the fact that he fucking tried to cover it up as coming out. So I mean, here's the issue with that. I mean, I consider myself an LGBTQAI. Ally. And I have been for as long as I can remember. Gay men as particularly have been in my life for since I was a teenager. Because you are fierce. And it's oh, the fight and the struggle that anyone that's part of that community it's so heartbreaking when someone just comes along and does so much damage to it. Mm. And here's the thing with that. Obviously there is this fucking mis very actually quite common misconception that there is a link between paedophilia and homosexuality. Mm-hmm. And that is the fucking issue with what he's done. Mm-hmm. What gonna, a spineless piece of shit. You just kind of reconnected those things. Like, is it not enough? Is it not enough that you were just this fucking super famous rich white guy with this really successful career? Oh, but you know, I, oh, but I'm, I'm gay and that's, you know, so... I can understand, right? I can completely understand why he wouldn't come out. And his hesitation to come out as an actor, I, I understand. Totally. But at the same time, right, see, to be really real, a lot of the time, and I completely understand why a lot of actors don't come out, it's so difficult because it's that thing, once you're out, it's like the worry that you're seen as like, you only get the kind of gay, gay, gay guy roles. If you get any at all. But that tends to be more in the romantic lead category. You know, mm. where, let's face it, it's not like Kevin Spacey's in the romantic lead part, but I guess he does play a lot of, like, dad, married to women or whatever, so I guess maybe he's worried about that. And I and I get it, that is sad. And you know what? Part of me is like, people are like, he should have came out, it's his responsibility, as a successful gay man. But the difficulty there is that's the burden of representation, representation mm. where it's like, you, as a person of that community, do, do not by force have to represent it. No. But and, and by by people forcing that representation on you, all that's doing is marginalising everyone else's voice. Completely. Um of course as you as a position in a position of power or kind of heightened status, I guess you could see it as a duty that you have to people that perhaps don't have that the, the don't have the privileges that you you have. But whether he came out or not was his business. Mm. That was irrelevant. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that he's came out in the justification of these acts, which mm-hmm. I, I mean, it was just I was it was a really really shitty, cynical, low deflection. Think, like he was really hoping, and it worked. See, for a, for a couple of media outlets, it worked. It worked. But the they were like, is, Kevin Spacey comes out as well, gay. But I, it's because I one I don't think people realise one that that's not actually true mm-hmm. the link between homosexuality and paedophilia mm. and two they don't realize how prevalent a thought that was mm-hmm. like younger people and perhaps don't realize that actually if you were gay up until well, if you were a gay person up until maybe even the late 80s early 90s mm-hmm. it would be more well i mean one it would be seen as a psychological disorder and mm-hmm. you know the link between that would be just a, a Everyone would almost think that. Mm. And that's just... I mean, it goes without saying, obviously, this isn't... Obviously, that isn't true. Yeah. And I just feel like 
the fact that he's alluded to those things mm-hmm. it's it's just disgusting Kevin Spacey is a predator yeah a predator the fact that he is homosexual is completely irrelevant absolutely irrelevant there's, there's nothing to do with well, it well but it's so funny though if a man molests a little girl mm-hmm. we'd say he's a paedophile mm-hmm. but if a little if it's a little boy then it's he's gay Mm. Sexual orientation and paedophilia, or any of the age-related sexual, mm-hmm. either sexual preferences or kind of actual psychiatric disorders. Yeah, yeah, they have nothing actually to do with sexuality, and uh, nothing, nothing to do with sexuality. Mm-hmm. Not- Sorry, we're both really distracted. Sorry, yeah, we're by distracted the by a cat just like creeping along the Lopolis's fucking unit, which is literally covered with like ornaments and fucking makeup and jewelry. If there's ever a weird thing that we hesitate or there's a weird sound, it's always the cat. It's almost always the just cat. Just one of our cats. Just one of our he cats. He has been asleep for what six hours. No, he hasn't even. That's the weird part about it. He he just I, he just really wants to be on the podcast. He just super wants, but he's got nothing to contribute. Yeah. He knows nothing about paedophiles. No, he doesn't. Um, in fact, the whole thing with the paedophile and homosexual is so flawed, but so many people still think it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, actually, most men that molest... Sorry, I'm being really careful of my words here because I'm talking you, uh, about paedophilia. Because you have to be, that's fair. Most men that molest children, well, including boys, actually tend... The majority tend not to identify as homosexual. They have wives and would consider themselves... And they're kind of normative relationships straight. A huge amount of the time, paedophilia or molestation of children, ten, it's about age preference. Whether they have a gender preference is kind of irrelevant. And also, a lot of the time, it tends to be about accessibility. Mm. Like what kids they tend to be accessible around. Yeah, that's then. true. Um. Not that I'm saying that Kevin Spacey is technically a paedophile. Well, this is the thing. This is the. This is the. He, what would he be actually then? I can't this, remember how to pronounce it again. Is it a phobophilia? A phob- yeah, phobophilia. That's it. So yeah. that is basically an attraction to mid to late adolescence, so fifteen to say nineteen years. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't know, there's actually a whole scale of sexual attraction. So you have hippobilia, which is prepubescent children, eleven to fourteen. And then paedophile, which is sexual attraction to prepubescent children. Um, and then actually within that as well, there is different age sexual attractions. Like there's the one for old people. I mean, this is, this is, it's funny you bring this up because like I've actually been really familiar. Like a lot, I don't hear people talking about aphibophilia. You hear people talking about paedophiles, um, you know, child sex predators and things like that. And you know, it's like if it's under, in, in the UK, under 16 is a child, therefore sex with them is illegal, rightfully so. But I've been really familiar with the phrase aphibophilia for the longest time because if you ever happen to have a look on like parts of Reddit or 4chan or in amongst the men's rights activist movement, they fucking love talking about that because they will defend to their death the right of someone to be attracted to a 14-year-old. And that's what's so funny about like the moral outrage. Like you used to, you used to sort of consider that group of people like the kind of more um, traditional leaning moral people mm. were like the arbiters of this morality that said like you know don't be a pervert and all that stuff. But in reality, they are the worst for it. Well, I was going to say there's there's this organisation. It's called Pi Pedophile Information Exchange, 
And they were like ran from the seventies to like the mid eighties. Uh-huh. And they were like fully wanting sex with children to be made legal. It's like Nambla. Yeah, but they they fully no. This is how far they got. Like it was considered, and I think the houses of parliament. Uh-huh. So I may be slightly wrong about the very the specific details. Mm-hmm. But they were on like TV. Like, see, to be honest, if you ever want to just if you're curious, look into this pie. It pie. is the most mind blowing. Like, really, your mind is completely blown. That you would never think this was reality. That the the actual the how far they got to making this somehow possibly, like, people were actually considering it. But again, these were, like, you know, educated white, you know, white men. educated white men by any other chance. Yeah, of course. You know, and they were very present, you know, they didn't have crazy haircuts or all these things that people, like, arbitrarily assume is such a, you know I mean, you'd be somehow revolutionary in your thinking. Mm. No, no, they were really, like... You wouldn't, you know, kind of look button, twice at them in the street. Fucking blue chip chaps. But they they got that far, and I, and I guess that's the thing. I think we kind of need to acknowledge that that actual type of thinking, like you're talking about, mm-hmm. is has been around for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And maybe people just don't talk about it that much. And I'll tell you who you do not see represented. I mean, in Pi or Nambla or in the pure deep dark corners of the internet is fucking gay men. No, that's true. There is there is no correlation. And what Kevin Spacey did by like. Make like reconnecting that was such a pure cynical. See, to be honest, what he did, right, that act was an act of violence and exploitation. It was the fact that he is also a homosexual man, it might be as well as it makes as much sense to connect the fact he also has brown hair, and it's like all brown haired men are going to do that. Like, it's completely irrelevant. Completely irrelevant. His sexual orientation had nothing to do with it. Mm. To be honest, I was so shocked by it. What a gutless move. But I guess it's the problem though now. It's the way this is happening. There's so many of these cases of sexual assault. So all the, I mean, everything that's coming out. I, people, These people are happening. They're just panicking. He clearly panicked and made that statement. But I'm like, how I does no one... he did panic though, How does no one around Kevin... I Kevin's just find it incredibly cynical. Like, you get outed for it. Like, I don't know, I, th- for me, what he's done there is, is is tried to lessen it. Do you think he's tried to lessen yeah, it? Yeah, because it's like with Louis C.K. Because right? for no. me, I think he's tried to be like, oh, I did this, but it's because I'm gay, so like, yeah, he's trying to make it like it's okay. Yeah, well, that's what I mean by lessen right, it. Okay. Like, he's tried to like lessen the blow to him. And we're like, bitch, it's not the problem. Because he wants people was... to go, oh, he must have just did it because he's had to repress his sexuality. Oh, that's really terrible that we did that to him. And do you know what? It is terrible. Like, it is terrible that we live in this heteronormative world where my sexuality has never or will never be questioned unless someone's trying, you know, trying to be like, trying to pick a fight with me or something. Oh, you goo or something. I'm like, well, no, but what does it matter to me? I don't care. But we live in this existence where if you are gay, you are other, right? And the heteronormative world decrees that it's assumed that everyone is straight until find out otherwise, right? And so that puts a huge burden on people to come out. And like we talked about already, yeah, he's an actor. You know, he doesn't have to represent the gay community if he if he doesn't want to. Well, like, and I think it's especially, on, it's, it's not, I don't want anyone to be forced out of the closet completely. at any point. Like, and I think especially time. younger people that have perhaps, yeah. you know, people that are say twenty or under, mm. perhaps don't realise. You know, even us, we're not that old. But, well, it's you been know, illegal to be gay in my lifetime. Well, this is it, you know? And it's like, you know, like, 
Oh, yeah, it was just... Mm-hmm. Just within my lifetime. But the thing is, what he's done is he's tried to... He's tried to... He, it's come out, he says, like, I want rid of this. I want to quash this. Fuck it. I'll use my coming out as an opportunity to try to steer the narrative away from it. And it's same as... If you... If someone comes out and says of you, you've made me feel uncomfortable, you've made an unwanted advance, you've physically touched me, or worse, don't fucking fight it. Right, okay, devil's advocate here though, right? Because you're completely right, okay? Okay. No, what I'm saying is, if someone accuses you, or you're accused publicly of something horrible like that, right, that you're obviously ashamed of, that everyone would be ashamed of, that Mm -hmm. you should be ashamed of, of course the right thing to do would be to just own up to it, Mm -hmm. but that takes a spine, and let's face it, a lot of people don't have one of those. But this is the problem. So, what I'm saying is, ration, no, I understand why someone would have such a spineless response, because, you know, people are pieces of shit and that's what they do. But what I just think is so disgusting is the fact that he's like, well, I'm just not happy to go down alone. I'm going to try and take down this whole community with me. Mm. Like, I just think, what a piece of shit. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I get, see when someone has, something comes out against them and they come up with some dumb excuse, like, oh, I'm a sex addict. (laughs) In a way, we're all like, what I call bullshit. But Mm. in a way, it's like, what are you meant to say? It takes a lot of courage. Sorry. It takes a lot of courage to do that, though. And I wish everyone would be like that. Mm. But realistically, like I said, most people are pieces of shit and are not going to be like that. The thing is, as the going back to the Kevin Spacey uh, analogy that he used in his letter, as this house of cards crumbles, <laughs> like as all these people are revealed, and it's going to be, it's going to be the majority of people. Oh God, right, like, totally. Everything that we hold sacred and hold dear, like in every aspect of our life, in music and culture and fucking politics and in our community. Like, it's happened more often than it's not happened. But that, yeah, completely. And it's it's going it's there's going to have to be a way for us on, on a whole as a culture to process this. Completely. While being true to victims. Completely. And that's going to be so difficult. And look at, if you compare, like, the Louis C.K. apology. Now, it wasn't good apology because literally until he found out that witnesses had told a reporter and it was going to be published in a reputable news organisation him and his management had done everything in their power to crush it well, that's to stop it from talked talked about, about. Like, yeah. so his, to, about. To, to be honest his apology despite the fact in the form of it was probably better than most it still meant fucking nothing to me hmm. and this is the problem Like, I feel like if you if, if you did it Kevin which you did because we know you did don't try to pass it off about being about your sexuality. Do not throw the entire gay community under the bus. Do not set us back fucking 30 years in people's thinking just to get you off with it. Completely. Own it. Apologise for it. Atone for it. Completely. And that's completely what you should do. Mm-hmm. But I guess, realistically, people aren't all going to react like this is an advice like podcast. That. No, I know. And, like, oh, it's really sad. It is really sad. But I think, like, hopefully as more and more of this is revealed and I'm not hoping that it's happening it has already happened I want it to be shown to the world I guess my only worry is that it gets to a point where people just can't handle like their their heroes are being destroyed they just can't handle it no they just don't want to handle it anymore mm. and the people that obviously ha- you know that aren't affected by this you know are just like, I don't want to hear this anymore. I don't want to hear about it. I love that person. And mm. they just stop listening. That's my worry. But 
what I really hope is this just not again like you said not that it keeps happening because mm. obviously you know but what's already happened gets brought out to the open people get held accountable for their fucking behaviour yeah. and I think people are seeing it like oh what's happening oh this is so crazy but in reality this isn't crazy mm. all you're doing is well Wizard of Oz reference but you're just seeing behind the curtain mm-hmm. what was behind the curtain was always there now you just know about it like nothing's changed the world has always been this fucking awful <laughs> Should we move on from that? Yeah, oh, Kevin Spacey got your, though. Got your blood boiling there. Do you know what? I just quickly want to touch on this before we move away from it. What you said there, really prescient, I think. So you were like, because people, it's already becoming normalised mm. and people are already starting to resist. Like, it's, it's, as soon as oh, it comes out... Oh, but I love Louis C.K. But no, believe, believe women. We should believe women. Or, you know, in Kevin Spacey's case men but you know like that's the thing because the majority of victims are women so mm-hmm. it's believe women believe women believe women do you know who Al Franken is? Al Franken? He's an American politician Ah uh, okay okay Now did you hear did you, you, know, you know about the Roy Moore right? He's also an American politician the last week two American politicians for anyone listening who doesn't know about this Roy Moore um, from I think Alabama it came out that he has a predilection for the high school girls Right uh, Underage and has done for many years um, and and people they're both were, politicians. Yeah, people were very rightly, you know, talking about like, fuck this guy. Great. Um, obviously, what happened was because he is a Republican, you know, Fox News and, you know, all the fucking nut jobs over there stepped up and went, oh, well, actually, you know, come on now, because uh, these girls these days are dressing like this and there's no proof that this happened anyway. And if it did, it would be fine, but it didn't happen and there's no proof that it's a conspiracy. But if it did happen, it would be all right, basically. Um, so that's the side that they all took on it and obviously everyone else collectively piled on it but then you've got Al Franken in the last couple of days that's come out he is a democratic politician and a few years ago on like a military tour um, he was doing like a comedy skit or something I think he's like a, he used to be comedian or something he did a comedy skit with like a, a news anchor lady and he stuck his tongue down her throat Ugh. like a gross creep and like rubbed up on her obviously that's horrifying and then later on she was asleep on a helicopter and there's a photo of him leaning over and like groping her breasts through the well through her Kevlar vest but you know it's humiliating completely after you know after assaulting someone to then like pose them in that way when they're asleep and they're vulnerable yeah but what's happened is all the all the pure believe women believe women what have they done oh you know come on we shouldn't be there's a vest on there she can't feel that that's not really assault is it you can actually see a shadow under his fingers so you know his hands not touching it so you know but come on I guess because that's the problem isn't it it's partisan, like partisan morality it needs to go if your favourite comes out as a beast you need to fucking drop them oh I actually and it, it's funny I wish I'd read about this sailor, I've heard loads about have you heard about Sarah Silverman's response no and I wish I'd known about that because obviously she's in a position where she's really close friends with Louis C.K. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the thing, what we have to understand. People can be two things, mm-hmm. right? Louis C.K. is a great comedian mm-hmm. and he may be a great dad and like, you know, I don't know, mm-hmm. might tip well at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. But he can also be a fucking creep that fucking no, exactly. whaps his sad little dick out. Like, and that's not a justification. What I'm saying is, you need to understand people are complex and if they do something that is illegal, inappropriate, disgusting, whatever, they need to be held accountable for it. Yes. And that's it. You know who I feel really bad in this whole situation, though? is poor Corey Feldman. 
I know he's he been has been saying so this long. for the whole time, and oh. like poor, poor, poor guy. And he's such an icon. He's been out there for years telling everyone about the abuse, about like the fucking child sex rings, about all this stuff, and no one ever just been like, he's crazy. He's from the eighties. He's probably on drugs. I mean, he is probably on drugs, or yeah. has been definitely. I'd be on drugs if I was him. Well, yeah, the that's fucking the life thing. he's lived completely. God. This is it. Like, the way him and the other mm. Corey, R.I.P., you were, like, passed around as, like, sex mm. toys. And I'm just like, good God, a poor guy. Yeah, but no, it, look, it is like you say. I think you way to sum it up would to be say, it is like you say. Someone can be two things. Lucy C.K. is a great comedian, also a fucking disgusting creep. Gary Glitter wrote some of the best glam rock jams of the 1980s. But unfortunately, it's a sex monster. Yeah, do you want to you be my gang? It's, it's still a jam. Yeah, uh, but you know, yeah, you yep. you can. On paper, great song. Monster. Don't don't play it. Don't listen to it. Don't give them the satisfaction. It was even in the Spice World, Spice Girls film. Oh, I know what's ruined. They now. did a cover of it. Ruined. Anyway, let's move on. So we're gonna do <laughs> we're gonna do our first actual writing, which I'm really uh, excited slash nervous about. Oh, thank you to whoever wrote in. Yes, thank, thank you, you to this anonymous person that wrote this out. So obviously, uh, when I read this out, I'm just gonna read it out, and I'm not gonna put the funny music in the background because actual problems are not funny. Uh, here we go. What do I do? I'm a transgender girl, 19, and I'm trying to find a way to be me in this fucking shite world. I feel like I can't talk about any issues relating to being transgender with my friends. In the past, when I've tried to do this, they've literally burst into tears telling me they feel like my pre-transition name is dead. Other times, they just get uncomfortable and move the subject on so quickly. I don't have anyone I can really talk to about everything. How can I talk to my friends and family about these issues? I don't want to tell my family everything and I don't want to tell strangers everything. Like, I just want to talk to a friend who knows me about being transgender. I've been living as a trans female for two years and they're still being bams. Hope this isn't too much of a shit question. Kiss and cuddle. No, it's not a shit question. Yeah, awesome question. Also, congratulations for you mm-hmm. for one, being fucking brave for yes. writing a question and two, being amazing for living as your true self for, what did they say, two, two years? years? Two years. Uh, this is difficult. It's a really, really difficult question for us to answer. Well, and it's not, well, it's, well, it's yeah, because it's, yes. it's a serious <laughs> issue, but I guess part of it just, it makes me so sad. Well, I think this is the problem, like, <sighs> I, I, I think, like, that, when I was your age, and, like, this happened to me at that age, and in my late 20s as well, you start to really redefine what's important to you as a human being. Like your kind of, uh, like your your morality or your ethics mm. or what are your your values as a person, and it's very difficult because these people that you've kind of grown up with and become close to and probably the best friends you've ever had in your life are suddenly the dynamic has changed so much between you and them. And the but what I would want to say to you is that obviously the 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 kind of the, the point that's made this happen was your transitioning was your was you going through that but i also find that that happens naturally to friends at that time of your life Definitely. as well you do you do get to your kind of late teens you leave school you start to plan out the rest of your life do we know age 19 ah i yeah. didn't really she said that well well naturally kind of fan out away from your friends as you start to define who you are. There's definitely a correlation between yeah, transitioning mm-hmm. and all the and, and, and all the issues arising that and just actually 
becoming an adult and there is a there is definitely that I would say that firstly you have to allow people a time to process mm. and that time to process I mean how do you put a time limit on that but I guess you know be reasonable about it um educate people a lot of the and it's shocking to me I find that really weird see because I live in a world where that's just all very normal to me I still am mm. quite shocked when people have a, People that I wouldn't expect to be ignorant about things like that are still. So I think educate them. Show people that you haven't really changed. It's just you being who you are. And ultimately, you have to accept that some of those people might never get it. And if they don't, you're 100% better off without them. This was was my next point. Like... Mm. In life, I mean, this is just important for it's. It's obviously very important for anyone in the LGBTQ community. I never know where to stop off now. LGBTQ. I think LGD, LGBTQ is fine for us now. Technically, A and I as well, but yeah. you know, it's very important for for that community because a lot of the time, perhaps your more traditional family or whatever may not be in your life. So finding your tribe is hugely important. Mm. But to be honest, finding your tribe is hugely important for any person. Mm -hmm. And there comes to a limit where if people aren't accepting you for you, then they're not what... Don't don't bother worrying about them. Mm. People should build you up, not tear you down. Mm. And I get it. See, if I think... If I tried to put myself in their shoes... And someone that I'd known my whole life, to me, was becoming different or something that I didn't understand. I could see that that could be traumatic or scary or you would feel like a loss. But again, that should be... That's like a process of grief. That should be allowed to happen, but it should be a process. Which means they they change. They develop an understanding over it. So I think there's certain things that you could try and explain to them. Like... You know, explain to them not just things like your name, not just this is what this is the name to call me. Don't call me my old name. Actually, explain how it makes you feel, how important it is to you, how you feel when you're dead named, and how you feel when you're called your you know your true name. Explain how that actually feels, because I. That's I think the thing with a, a with a lot of people that have issues with any sort of trans person. I just don't think there's any sort of empathy or understanding for what would that be like. For me, I have nothing but respect for anyone that's trans. I think the courage to do that, to be yourself, and that's a lot of bullshit. Like people spout that, right? Be yourself. Do you know what bullshit? No one's ever themselves, mm. like ever. People are just so fake all the time and they never have the courage to be themselves. Mm-hmm. But you do. You're doing it. Well, and that's the thing. But uh, I guess you have to also, and this is something that I think is quite a touchy subject, is you have to be understanding of mistakes. I know it's difficult when you're dead named or people maybe are a little maybe maybe don't use the right pronouns or you know and sometimes sometimes that's just accidental sometimes that's just you know someone not thinking which i think you have to be understanding of but of course be aware 
that sometimes that's just because someone's a cunt and they just they know what mm-hmm. they're doing they know what they're doing and they're trying to hurt you and those people get them the fuck out of your life yep. you don't need that shit don't need that shit helping them understand is the big thing for me mm. helping them understand the whole process you know talk about what you go through talk about what you're thinking about explain to them what it feels like to be in your head. You know, I think is the heteronormative world. They're so weirdly terrified and, and just uh, just so weird about trans people. Aren't they? Mm-hmm. And they're so weird. It's like how every... And it, honestly, see, when I see this in every interview of any trans person, like, the second question is about... Oh yeah, people surgery. are just immediately like talking and about I'm surgery like, in general. Oh my god. Like you do not like I do not go up to ladies that have had multiple kids and be like, Hey, but your vagina looks weird or <laughs> how's your vagina? Or just ask anything about anyone's genitals. Mm-hmm. Like that's inappropriate. Inappropriate everywhere. And I guess little things like that though, I think I think that makes heteronormative people really nervous. Mm-hmm. Like perhaps they don't and, and and obviously you don't have to disclose what your thoughts are. Maybe you haven't decided. But what I mean is, explain things like how some trans people don't have any body dysmorphia issues. So some trans people identify in, you know, what gender they want to and, and perhaps keep their... They don't get any surgery. Mm-hmm. Some some trans people get top surgery and not bottom surgery or vice versa. It's it's not a one-size-fits-all one, 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 like one size fits all approach to being trans. Completely. But I think, I think when I think of, um, like, any kind of... Let's face it, even though I'm straight, I'm going to look like straight people. When I think of any straight people talking about this or being in conversations about anything like that, I think they're just so terrified to like ask and to know. And it's that weird thing. Like I don't even understand that logic. And I think Laverne Cox, I think, was asked that in an interview quite mm-hmm. recently. And I'm like, who thinks, who goes up to anyone and asks them about their 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 genitals. Mm. Who would do that? I do it to um, just strangers in the street all the time to try to counteract it, <laughs> try and balance it out a little bit more. Right. I asked the security guard in Sainsbury's tonight if, you know, what his dick looked like. Mm. He did not seem keen to tell me. Right. But no, mm. it's, it's, a, look, it's, a, it's a fucking tough existence. It's a re- look, you have a tough existence. It is hard out there for you and we hear you and we are here for you. And I think but finding your hard. tribe is hugely important. Yeah. And, you know, there's there's so much... Commu- there's. It's a really sad thing. For, part of me doesn't want to say this and I don't... I wish I didn't have to say this. And it's not... But this isn't even necessarily to do with you being trans. This could happen in any situation. Sometimes the people that you're close with or that you love aren't your tribe. Mm-hmm. They don't build you up. And sometimes you have to make a decision to leave those people. Cutting toxic people out of your life is a lot harder than people give it give it credit for. Completely. And we're not necessarily even saying to they're toxic people. Maybe they're not. Maybe they're just a bit... I think that makes them toxic. I think it'd be okay to call them that because in this may, context, they've yeah, been toxic. They, yeah, they are toxic. To they you. could change. Mm-hmm. They could change. Um, but but you yeah, know, do you? Do you that's a, that's a difficult thing, though. Do you have to do the emotional labor to help people change just to make you feel? Well, that's valid what I was saying. Human? See, to be honest, see, as the world as it is, and it shouldn't be this way. But as a trans person, or as a gay, or as just a person of the other, you mm-hmm. know, in the world that we live in, 
do have to do that emotional labour. Mm-hmm. Because the world is very unfair. And that shouldn't be that way. Mm. I wish it wasn't that way. But that is the way it is. And I think we can all act like the world's a really accepting place and everyone's okay with everyone else. And sometimes there's that presentation of that, you know, perhaps online or in certain areas. But in reality, that is not the case. No, the world sucks. And sometimes you have to consider. I think you're doing a really brave thing and you need to think about, realise that you've already done, you're already doing the hardest fucking thing in the world to do. Mm-hmm. You can literally face anything and you need to really analyse these these relationships and think, are they are they building me up? Mm. Are they giving me the energy that I need in my life? And don't be I'm not like, you know, make a decision overnight. And obviously you're gonna put in time to try and educate them, to give them a time to process and perhaps even grieve grieve the supposed old you. Um You'll show them that you haven't really changed. The same person that you always were, well, well, more so that you're yourself fully now. And once that's done and they're still not supporting you, then I don't think they ever will. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Even if maybe it takes them years or years or whatever, and you know maybe you'll see them at a 10-year reunion and they'll be like, oh, I'm sorry I didn't support you. Or like, whatever, bitch. Like, whatever. <laughs> like, life is too short for that bullshit. Mm. And I've done that. I've stuck in so many toxic relationships for, you know, dumb stuff. And you you stay out of loyalty for friendship. And, you know, and, and that's really important. I'm a very, very loyal person. But if a person isn't giving you what you need and they're sucking energy from you and they're toxic towards you, then you should not be around them. Hell yeah. But like I said, maybe maybe your friends can... If they, can, if they can be converted, if they can be brought round, if you think that like they could still be there for you in that way, then by all means, like they're your friends. But if they're not, if it's not sticking with them, you're doing yourself more harm than good by trying to continue having them around. Completely. If you've done the work and they are not having it, like you are at a point in your life where you, the world is your oyster. You can go anywhere, you can do anything, and you can meet people and you can be in your tribe, like Lisa said. You can be in a group of people that understand where you're coming from before you even have to explain it. These people exist. My my advice would be get extremely online. Like, Mm -hmm. find a place online at the very least. If you don't feel like you've got these like real physical, real life connections to people where you can talk about who you are and what you want from life in your transition, then try to find that your community online. It'll do in the interim. Yeah. Until you until you find your tribe, you can talk and you can get support. And um, I'm going to put a bunch of links to places in the show description as well. Um, just a number of now you said bam in your message so I'm assuming you're Scottish so um, I've got like links to uh, helplines online communities support networks stuff like that just... and don't don't be worried about just just literally reach out to people mm-hmm. and I know it can be scary to feel like you know I've been in situations where I've had very long term friend relationships and they had to end and it was literally like a divorce mm-hmm. it was so traumatic 
But ultimately, what you have to know is if they're not on your side, if they're not one of your cheerleaders, then you've, you're not actually losing anything. You know, you're, you're, you've already, it was never there to begin with. And that's heartbreaking. And I just hope that that's not the case. I hope that they can be your biggest fans and biggest supporters and, you know, like I said, lift you up. But know that, like I said, like we said, you've done something that's so brave and takes such fucking guts that, honestly, you can survive fucking anything. Absolutely. And I think sometimes it's the fear of something, Mm. you know, that's way worse than the actual experience of it. And you have to remember that life can change so quickly. Mm-hmm. Now you feel like you want to speak to friends and you want, you know what? You could have a new friend. You could have a new best friend in a couple of weeks. You know what I mean? Life can change that quickly. And I think the fact that you're willing to reach out is really positive. You know, definitely. Definitely. Absolutely. I don't know why I just said definitely to my own statement. <laughs> you just didn't say anything, so I thought, fuck it, I'll agree with myself. No, it's just letting you write it out. Letting you write it out. Yeah, just, uh, you know, stay strong. Uh, you can email us if you want to talk about this anymore. We'd be happy to yeah, yeah, take a question off air. Yeah, totally. Always want to say that. I'll take totally. the question off air. We can be like pen pals. Yeah, if you, yeah, if you want us to, I mean, if uh, we are, look, we are a couple of cishet shitlords. Um, right. But we're trying super hard to understand and be there and give you the right advice here. So if you want to extend this discussion, do feel free to drop us an email. We'd be quite happy to talk about this. You can make a fake email address. You can stay anonymous. That's also cool. Totally. Or the curious cat. Whatever. I hope we've way. been somehow helpful. I hope so too. We have blundered our way through it, but I think we've got there. It's so scary to answer this question. Because it's like a real person's... It's a real human being with a, and a real, real tough issue. Oh, and it's such a frustrating one. Oh, don't you just... Because it just... What what always frustrates... You know, certain things happen in the world that you can't control. Like, mm. I don't know, disease. Yeah. Or, like, you know, some people get cancer. Or, like, you know, sometimes floods happen. Something's <laughs> happen in the world and they just... You, you can't control them, mm-hmm. right? Acts of God, if you will. But what frustrates me is just, like, when there's something that just doesn't need to be there. Yeah. Like, those people... Like, and that's the thing. Maybe if the whole world was more informed and mm-hmm. about trans issues, then maybe people would be better about this. Mm-hmm. It, may, it wouldn't be such a shock or the fear or any of that, you know? It would just be, okay, that's a new part of that person. Yeah, oh, thank you for telling me. That must have been very difficult. How can I support you? Completely. And I guess that's what's frustrating. That's what makes me nervous because it's mm. just that human, the human element is just sad. Yeah. Anyway, good luck. Good luck. Again, drop us an email if you want to chat offline. If you want to reach out, that's it. Okay, let's move on to our final problem. Okay. Here we Yay. go. Uh, I just look at it. It's quite long. I apologise if this is a long reading out. Okay, so here we go. sometimes I zone out when you do the problems. That's great news. So glad to hear that from you. She should also tone. <laughs> Here we go. Sorry, this is really strange. I've been dating this girl I met at university for about three months. I'm pretty left wing. She, from the beginning, represented herself as more centre. She said she didn't really care about politics, so her opinions aren't strong. 
There are many other things we share besides political views, like activities. Even though her opinions aren't important to me, she's always interested in my politics. She asked me questions about what I think. I didn't think her curiosity was weird. It made for some good discussions. I found out, however, she's been lying, because I borrowed her laptop when she was in the shower. I was expecting an email about a job. When I opened her internet, I saw some weird bookmarks. I know I shouldn't have snooped, but I clicked on some of them anyway. There was a Tumblr blog she was logged into. The same thing for Facebook, an account that wasn't her real name. There were also links to some other blogs and sites. All of it was very far right, fascistic, and white nationalist views specifically. Escalated. The Tumblr she runs is dedicated to fascist beliefs and positive posts about dictators in the history of our country and some other countries in Europe. Tonight when I came home, I looked it up again. I read most of it and it's not a joke. She idolises past fascist leaders. She has a ridiculous amount of knowledge on philosophy of fascism and had a lot of complicated discussions with other blogs about the details of this philosophy. It was very academic, referenced authors and historians. Did you try to justify it there? I looked up some of them <coughs> and learned their work is popular among supporters of fascism and monarchism. You maybe wonder how I know she's serious and not pranking or is simply curious to learn about fascism. It's because she had posts about her real life. In some of them she talks about how she's dating someone who's politically left. She used a term in our language that's an insult for communist. She talks about the relationship being a secret desire. In essence, hiding her opinion so someone of opposite opinion dates her when they would not date her if they knew what she believed in. Sorry, this person's first language is not English and I'm realising realizing now this is very difficult to read out. Right. She also says this fantasy is something about persuasion or as she says, converting. Can she make me become a fascist? Or can I make her become a communist? Something like that. In one post, she wrote about how much she hates people with my views. <laughs> the posts have a lot of responses, laughing at me and encouraging her. I won't write about the sexually descriptive posts, but there are some on these themes. So what does this mean? Who does this? Now I question our entire relationship's point. Also, probably worth mentioning earlier, we're both women. And <laughs> who ever heard of a homosexual fascist? <laughs> In our country, the fascists killed homosexual people. I'm so confused. <laughs> well, holy shit. Long one, but I, th- I feel worth it. I it feel was, worth it. It was really worth it. I mean, the reveal at the end that they are, that she is a, uh, a woman and her girlfriend is also a woman that makes <laughs> them lesbians and they killed lesbians in their country, but she's still cool with being a fascist. Was just the icing I mean, on the, the there's fascist so many things. Well, there's so many elements at play here. Mm. Like, firstly, the whole yeah, the whole lesbian facet fascist is yes. it's so weird. It's like the black or gay or or black and gay Republicans yeah. or I mean the Filipino clansmen. <laughs> yeah, it's just so <laughs> so weird, but. I'm really intrigued by the kind of by the the like the fetish element. I know, like, like oh, I just I really hate you. The you're fascist communist. catfishing is yes is what is but it? But that is actually I know I I watched a thing about 
I, this is probably going to come up loads in, in, in the podcast. I always watch weird documentaries about literally every subject in the world. So if I have some sort of random information, I say I've watched something about it, it's because I've watched a documentary about it. But there was a thing about dominatrixes. Mm-hmm. Dominatrix? Dominatrix? Uh, Dominatrix yeah. Yeah. And that, that's quite a big thing with them, whether it be men or women, um, like dressing up in, with like sort of extreme political views. Are you talking about like getting spanking off a Nazi? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I've not seen... even just Nazis, but just even like like an authority. Like, yeah, I, I can see. I'm picturing it in my head. It's like a woman with like a, one of those military yeah, 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 arm, completely. like a PVC uniform. Yeah, like an iron. No, cross. no, I've even seen even while like real what looked like a pure Russian military uniform. Oh wow! Yeah, no, I yeah that I put you in the gulag. Yeah, on kind your of. dick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I put your dick in the gulag. Yeah, I made more sense. The gulag yeah. is my pussy. <laughs> what is gulag? It's the Siberian work camps that my boy, uh, big Joe Stalin, put the put the bourgeoisie in. Right. I love how yeah the whole thing the whole I like how he's all like oh it's very academic. I was like, is he trying to justify this there? Like, yeah, she's probably an academic. Uh, is she trying to justify it? Oh, sorry, yeah, I forgot they were you lesbians forgot they were again because it's so weird. There are so many aspects to this. I'm like, wait, who's an Nazi? What? I don't. <sighs> do you know what the thing is as well? It, this is like a, she's Eastern European, right? And they like people in like America and like the fucking National Front or whatever in the UK like to play act at being Nazis. Eastern Europeans. They know how to be fucking Nazis. Well, I mean, obviously, you have a lot of experience with... Yes. For people that don't know, Dave has toured in bands a lot around Europe. Of pretty much every part of Europe. Yes. Even... Where was the weirdest place you went? Um, Scunthorpe. <laughs> <laughs> no, where was the place? Serbia. That you, yeah, Serbia. Serbia. Yeah. Like, who goes there? Yeah, we got to, like, a venue in Serbia. It's like a little fucking information cafe. No, it was just a cool little cafe. It's a bike cafe. It's what, a bike cafe. Bike cafe. Don't yeah. get information from. That one had, like, no place in that sentence. Yeah, it's a bike cafe. And as soon as we got there, they're like, hi, here you are. Here's some food. Um, also, if the fascists turn up, the riot shields are behind the counter. Yeah, you're And like... I was just like, ah, cool. <laughs> but, like, there are so many. Like, you saw the thing in Poland, you know, 40,000 nationalists marching with, like, flares yeah, and Yeah, no, they really do that to a level that yeah. we have not... Like, the, yeah, it's always been an existing presence yeah, in these and, and, you know, let's... Fit, like, the, I mean, yeah, the whole thing is one of... I mean, that's what's so... I don't even know what to say, to be honest. That's what's one of the weirdest <laughs> parts about it. You know, obviously, we have this history of persecution and hate yeah. and violence towards certain groups, mm-hmm. you know, if we're talking about Europe and, you know, and, you know, let's face it, homosexual, really far at the top of that list. Really not a great no. place to be. It's a really difficult situation to imagine yourself in, but I do imagine if I did find myself in her position, here would be my plan. Right, because I feel like... If I found out, right, so let's just say okay. tomorrow I found out you had a Nazi Tumblr. I mean, there's very right? realistic advice here, but I feel I like would, you're not going to go down that road. I would okay. ring fence six months of my time <laughs> to yeah. study an, like a full academic study of communism. Right. The philosophy of communism, um, everything. I would reread Das Kapital. And <laughs> 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 no, I would, I would read everything I could and I would... You'd know none of this. I would do this in secret. I'd do this right. at night when you were sleeping, dreaming about Hitler, right? <laughs> and I would honestly, I would, ha- I'd know everything. And then if fucking one day I'd hit you with it. I'd hit you with a discussion, right? 
I'd be like, oh, actually, well, let's talk about it then, since you like converting people so much. And within, I would say, four hours, you would be a communist, and I would have won. And then, right, I'd be like, I leave you, fuck you, I quit, I, I, I break up, wow, I break up, your long I break game. up, fuck you, Nazi. That, that's your long game. That's my long game. Wow, you're a communist so and leave you. Well, what do you expect me to say? I don't know. I well, the, that I'd be creating animal. like a Siberian work camp in the back garden and put you in the gulag. No, I don't know. It's a really long game just to have a have a, a heated discussion for four hours and then split up. Yeah, exactly. I mean, obviously, the realistic advice is be like, Man, I said, holy I would shit, do it. isn't it wreck. good now? I mean, okay, probably would be better to have never went out with a Nazi. Yes. But isn't it good now to figure out, at least before you get deeper, yes. that your partner is a Nazi mm. and leave that bitch? Yeah, I mean, leave the bitch. Like, seriously. Like... Like, fuck me. Like, don't try to convert. I don't care how much you love each other. Like, she, how? what sort of weird psychosexual I mean, behaviour is that to get I'm, together with way, someone that you hate completely. that much? I mean, well, this is the thing, because are you even a proper couple? Because surely that's like a weird sex thing. Because that to me seems like a fetish, mm. right? Like, you just want to like, cont- like, I don't know, it's so, so weirdly specific. Like, yeah, I just want to fuck this girl and... Convince her that I'm not a Nazi. It's like, like this weird, like, busted-ass Eastern European fascist version of, like, an American teen movie from the 90s where it's like, oh, make the ugly girl look pretty, take her to the fucking prom, but then she discovers it was a bet with his best friend and she's very unhappy about it. That's the story of She's All That. Yeah, She's All That, basically, about fascists <laughs> in Eastern European. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what happened at the end of that film? Did they get together? Do you know what I feel like She's All That is just a film of that era. You know, I'm such a fan of the films of that era. Yep. Like, but I actually don't love that film that much. And it's weird. I was never a huge fan of Freddie Prince Jr. Is as Rachel a Lee Cook in that? Rachel Lee Cook is just the ugly girl. Nailed it. And it's just like her sad... Oh, it's the bit... You know what it is? I know, right. So Freddie Prince Jr., this is kind of off topic, but I just like never liked him as a lead. And there's two bits in the, his films mm. and any films, any fans of the films of that era will know what I'm talking about that just make... Like, I can't even deal with it. Now, firstly, it's another film with Julia Stiles when he like loves her and she splits up with him and he loved the smell of her hair. <laughs> so she tried to kill himself by drinking her shampoo. And I'm like bitch I'm out it was like fucking herbal essence or something and I'm like I cannot deal with this shit don't even remember what that film was called and then in the she's all that I'm sure isn't it the hacky sack mm-hmm. when he does because she's like oh I'm an artist or whatever no I'm like I'm an artist because like you know my art's about my dead mum or whatever or whatever the fucker shit was about mm. and then she, she takes a performance art thing and he does this hacky sack thing it like makes me want to crawl inside my body and just like implode so I don't have to deal with watching it so I just don't love that film so you said it was unrelated Fred Prince Jr but actually he is a knight of the order of Vitez the Hungarian fascist group so you kind of nail on the head there wait 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 Fred Prince Jr is a Nazi is the joke that I'm making right now but are you being serious about that no of course I'm not Jesus Christ because I would be genuinely upset because see now I yeah okay I like Fred Prince Jr in other films like side roles like we did last summer I mean apparently you got me on an issue that I'm really passionate about who knew knew you had so much to say about Fred Prince Jr well he married Buffy and like they're really happy together so I really would be so really horribly disappointed if he was a Nazi if he was a Hungarian fascist yeah it would be so so upsetting but yeah so I mean did she say how long they were together? Uh, let me just double check the old. Just because it's really it's such there. a commitment. Like 
I mean, normally, look, if, it's people, for, if it's for oh, more than a month, like it's, it's too yeah, much. Hard. Come on. Let's face it, people with very strong political views. Three months. Oh, wow, that's almost. It's, she should be like a spy or something. It's mm. so impressive that she can keep up that facade. That yeah, but spies don't leave their like Nazi laptop logged at the You're Nazi right, Tumblr. You're right. She's a bad spy. Well, she's toilet. not been to spy school yet. Yeah, right the enough. first day you get told, hey. Just like password lock your fucking laptop. <laughs> right. Don't leave all that shit open. There you go. First day. I mean, Spice I think Girl. she probably. Do you know what? It actually says in the letter it was password locked, and I feel like she should have had the hint. The girl was like, "Use my laptop whenever you want. My password is Gerbil Himmler's eighty eight. <laughs> Again, it's such a long con. Like really. Yeah, it's like a weird, like kind of perverse fetish that she's well, but got. People that have such a strong political view just find it very difficult to not talk about it. And it's the way she said that she loves her asking her. Mm-hmm. Is that like her version of like being like spat on or something? Is that like is that like sexually arousing to her? Oh maybe. I don't know. I feel like I feel like the whole time she's just sitting like. <laughs> this I is mean, great. it's it definitely. But like, could... Surely part of it is like, surely if it was a sexual thing, it'd be like, fuck you, you disgusting Nazi. Well, but there's part of it's hugely to do with power. Think about it. The power over someone that you have the secret hidden self. Mm. It's like a serial killer. You know, it could be really loving and nice to their wife. It's because they're like, <laughs> you don't know that I killed all these girls and they're buried in the back garden. Ah, right, okay. It's definitely so, a power element. So Everything it, comes back to serial killers. So, me. yeah, I mean, dump her, dump her. Leave her, please, get away from the Nazi. Dump I mean, the is Nazi. that enough, though? Like, wouldn't you just feel... So, of course, you have to do that. Dump, definitely. What is the best way to take revenge? Yeah, to be honest, because I feel like if someone had lied to me and fucked me over that much, in such a weird way, I feel like I'd want revenge. Do you know what the best... The, probably the best thing to do, or the thing that seems to annoy Nazis the most? Just fucking hack our Tumblr. Hack her Tumblr and fuck with her. I mean, I was going to say, surely you're on that. Surely, like, that's definitely the way. Just like, like, you've you've just already got access to all totally. that. Totally. Just start po- like, po- posting, like, Marxist memes. Uh, that's the best way. That's the best revenge. It's kind of hard, I guess, to, like, do that without looking so obviously, like, hacked. Or do you know what? Just fucking unpublish it. Fuck it. Burn it to the ground. Burn all our fucking online Nazi paper trail to the ground. All our hard work. I would out her. Yes. I would just like they're, take... They're a couple from university, so tell the university she's a Nazi. I would just put a picture, make just a big Facebook post about it, and be like, this bitch is a Nazi. And yeah, she claimed not to be one. Well, I mean, does she claim not to be one? Do we ever have to claim that? I guess in life, I generally hope that everyone I meet is not a Nazi. Well, she claimed not to be one. She said she was, oh, I'm more centre. Right, yeah, okay. Turns out you are like way I mean, on the right. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Also, I think the the non-Nazi, the lady who wrote, it, mm-hmm. wrote the problem, needs to just... just Get a bit better at reading people. Yeah. Because yeah, I feel like yeah. she can't be that good at hiding her true self for three months. A little, bit trusting, a little bit too trusting. Yeah. And I'm not saying suspect every also, partner that's a Nazi, which you probably will now do. Yeah. Can I just say as well, who does not do a pure a social media snoop? But did she say it was a fake name? Again, this was just such a long, elaborate. elaborate con. I don't I don't mean a victim blame, but come on. You must no, no. Them, I mean, this is the thing. Because it is so elaborate, in a way, it's not really her fault. I mean, who who does that even happen to? 
You know what she needs to do? Ah, oh my God, I've got it. What? She needs to out her. I know exactly how she should out her, her evil Nazi ways. Tattoo a swastika on her forehead? No. Go on this morning and talk about her. Oh, really? Yeah, that's my thing. Because I love this morning's little segments of weird people. Like, oh, I have a haunted doll. <laughs> <laughs> a haunted doll's my favourite because she has she's had multiple appearances. Wow, okay. So you've gone down the morning TV route. I went down the tattoo and the swastika on the forehead route. I mean, no. Good, good, different difference of opinions there. That's How good. are you going to tattoo someone without them knowing? The chloroformer. Where are you going to get chloroform from? I don't know. The chloroform shop. <laughs> right. Your the plant ke- has so many store. holes in it. This is so you. Holes. Holes in your plant. Right. I'm going to get chloroform and I'm going to tattoo a swastika Actually, on your forehead in henna <laughs> to teach you a lesson that the you should like me off do it, If you were actually going to do that, it would be something faster than a tattoo. So what I would do a is brand. fashion a brand and tool out of, say, just even a paper clip. Hold it with pliers so you're not, because obviously, you know, mm-hmm. hold it with pliers, fashion it, well, even just out of paper clips, mm. heat that bitch up, brand her, get the fuck out of there. Good shout. Before we finish, <laughs> quick question for you. Punching yeah. Nazis, yes or no? I want to say no because, you know, violence is should never the answer. But, you know, if I met a Nazi, I'd punch him. Everyone punch Nazis! Yeah. You know me, I love to punch people. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thanks, please send in your problems. Send problems, love you, bye. I love you, bye.